Welcome to Season 3 of the Climate Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Deval Bazi, bringing awareness to climate change and sustainable development from a Caribbean perspective. Connecting you to sustainability solutions as we move from awareness to action. Today's special guest was born and raised in Guadeloupe. She left for 10 years studying business in France and the US and had an early professional experience in Paris or Paris. She returned to Guadeloupe in 2002 but considers herself a world citizen at ease with looking for the common ground with people across the globe. Currently, she is focused on a new and fulfilling challenge, promoting SMO Solar Process, a clean tech startup that offers a wide array of solutions for a net zero future. I am excited to welcome to the Climate Conscious Podcast, Ms. Yasmin Ensalad. Hi, Derval. Thank you so much for your invitation. I'm really happy to be here talking with you this afternoon. So, Yasmin, acknowledging the contribution of energy to climate change um, in terms of the greenhouse gas emissions, there has been a lot of attention being placed on clean energy and achieving net zero. And as the global community seeks to limit global temperature rise to below 2 degrees Celsius from pre-industrial levels, clean tech is playing a major role in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Yes, clean tech uh, are hopefully one of the ways we, we will bring solutions to, to reach uh, net zero in many ways. Um, on the energy side, uh, we know that uh, electrification and uh, use of uh, green hydrogen are one of the uh, best bets for the future, provided electrification is made from renewable energy. And uh, another aspect of clean tech is also that uh, it deals a lot with uh, uh, limiting use of new resources, of, uh, it deals with recycling, and so it's another way to limit uh, CO2 emissions. So, yes, clean tech are definitely uh, a way that will play or uh, um, a technology uh, environment that will play a major role uh, for our future. And it's still emerging. Uh, it still needs to, to get support from government, from financing, from people. But really, there are lots of solutions uh, that are ready to, to play their part for a brighter future for all of us. Recently in the news, the U.S. climate envoy, John Kerry, he said that, you know, we need new technologies to prevent climate change. He also said that half of the reductions in carbon emissions will come from technologies that do not yet exist. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's exactly what is written in the uh, International um, Energy Agency report for uh, Technology Perspective 2020. 
which I read with a lot of interest. And uh, yes, it's it's crazy to think that um, 50% of the tech we need to reach our goals are not that deployed. Some of them exist, but the more we wait to put them in use, uh, the more we uh, don't give ourselves the chance to, to, to make a difference in carbon emissions. So there really is a need to uh, support, try, deploy these new technologies. And this is something we've been facing because uh, um, in uh, our company, uh, we've been working on our project since 2009. So it's been a long time maturing, developing, and we are now at the stage where we, uh, we can really offer solutions and we see uh, how steep the path is to uh, make it happen. Although we, um, we answer uh, much of, of what is uh, asked for as far as uh, climate change is concerned, but really there's, there's this need for trust in new technologies and in new ways to do things because if we just do business as usual, we are going to exceed the worst scenarios uh, as far as uh, global warming is concerned. I think one thing that's absolutely clear coming out of the events uh, events of last year, especially, is that the status quo cannot continue. We, as cliche as it sounds, we have to think and act outside of the box. And technology offers that opportunity to do things differently. Clean tech, it's focusing on increasing performance, productivity, and efficiency, while minimizing the negative effects on the environment. So... As I mentioned in your introduction, you have embraced a new and exciting challenge with SMO Solar Process, a Guadalupe-based startup that has developed a clean tech solution that converts biomass and waste into green energy. So tell us, how does this technology work? Well, this, um, this technology is really uh, uh, part of this new way to, to think about um, recycling, uh, circular economy, energies. So what we've developed is a solar-powered plant uh, that can turn any type of uh, carbon-based waste. So it can be biomass, it can be sargassum, uh, which are major problems for us in the Caribbean, but it can also be plastics, it can be wastewater sludge. All that can be used to power these machines and uh, using only solar energy uh, to power the process, we turn this waste into uh, green hydrogen, green electricity, and also a range of um, industrial or agricultural entrants that recycle the carbon that would otherwise go back into the atmosphere. So it's really a virtuous cycle where we use waste, we use the abundant solar energy that we have, and we recycle the carbon from what we've already used and uh, make it, uh, uh, use it for a long time instead of, uh, uh, instead of having new emissions to product new uh, new materials so 
we're really happy to be part of this new revolution of uh, working the carbon cycle and limiting uh, global warming this way. You're uh, killing a couple of birds with one stone here. Yes, and that's um, the type of technology we are developing uh, is from a family of technology that are called bioenergies with carbon capture and utilizations. And uh, it's exactly that. It's doing several things at the same time, and all those things directly contribute to uh, fighting against, against climate change. And uh, these are among the 50% of technologies that are not yet fully deployed because oftentimes it's costly or you cannot find what to do with the, with the end products. And this is what's interesting with our solutions. It's that because we use direct solar energy, we don't pay for the energy to transform the waste. And this makes it really different from uh, other technologies. So we're addressing waste, we're addressing energy and also resource use. And this is definitely yes. the direction that we need to, to go in. In addition to what the, the machine can do, uh, it was also fought by someone from the islands, someone from Guadeloupe. And so he had in mind that uh, uh, in Caribbean islands, we have a set of constraints such as uh, available land. And so this technology is uh, compact. Uh, each uh, production unit uh, fits a container. And so you can have uh, a series of containers uh, that use little space and can produce a, a large amount of uh, energy. So for instance, uh, if you compare the land that would be needed uh, to power um, uh, 10 to 15,000 uh, people, uh, city. With our technology, you would need around five acres. And if you wanted to give the same power with uh, photovoltaic uh, technologies, you would need 15 times as much land because you would need to have place for the, for the photovoltaic panels. So it's really fought for places with many constraints. Um, same thing. Uh, the technology fits into these containers, although it can unfold to make full use of the solar energy, but it's made to fit easily into containers because if you have hurricanes, you have to put your uh, energy equipment in security. So all that has been fought for really um, difficult places like ours and what can work for us can even easily work for places where you have more space, more infrastructures, etc. So this is a major aspect also of, uh, of our technology. You know, as someone who has an interest in sustainable energy, what makes this even more exciting is that it was developed right here in the Caribbean. The region normally imports technology and expertise, but now we have developed a solution that caters to our, our local conditions, but can yeah, we, also be applied worldwide. Absolutely. And we're very proud of that as islanders and Caribbeans. And uh, we have recently been awarded the Solar Impulse label. 
So it's from the Solar Impulse Foundation, which recognizes solutions that are efficient uh, in uh, ecological uh, terms as well as uh, economical terms. And right now, uh, SMO Solar Process is the only solutions with the label for all the Caribbean. And uh, we're really happy to be recognized among what they call a thousand, solution, a thousand solutions to uh, change the planet. And uh, yeah, we, we are leaving that as Caribbean people and we're really happy to, to represent uh, uh, islands on the global stage. Yasmin, you and I, we met last year during the Climate Reality Leadership Training. And one thing that stood out was that in the whole climate change discussion about impacts and solutions, our region was not represented at all. And that led us to start a Caribbean subgroup to really highlight the issues of climate change as it relates to our region and also the solutions that are available. Yes, I think... uh uh, if we found ourselves there as Caribbean, it's because we felt the need to have a voice that uh, was not there and still is uh, uh, difficultly heard. Uh, we are small islands, small nations, uh, often um, isolated. Guadeloupe is a special uh, I could say because it's part of France, but uh, um, it's very different from from France. We have uh, uh, different subjects. For instance, in Guadeloupe, uh, most of our energy is from uh, uh, fossil fuel plants because we don't have a choice. We have to import oil and to, to produce fuel from uh, polluting sources. And uh, this is something that we just have to to live with uh, right now. So we have to be the ones to to find our own solutions and to to be heard because the the world of uh, energy is uh, a very um, controlled world with big players for whom uh, we are very small, uh, small actors. So I think the well for myself, getting into the climate reality project was a way to find strength in numbers and uh, finding fellow Caribbean that wanted to find more resilient, uh, healthier solutions for where we live, uh, and trying to find ways to make that happen uh, was really something important and uh, uh, very rich as an experience. Yes. And I think whatever we lack in terms of landmass, we make up in terms of ideas and creativity. You know, that Caribbean spirit, which I firmly believe we're able to dig deep and find solutions to our problems as you have. Yes, I think, the, like I said, we have many constraints we have to live with. So if we want to survive... We have to find solutions and we are good at that, I think. Um, It's not always easy to be recognized as as such. Many times we are told that, well, we should just, uh, uh, you know, try to to accommodate and not try to reach too much. But Mm -hmm. 
I think we can think big and try to to do big things, and and that's why I, I was so taken with uh, this project and this technology. It's because yes, it's good for us, but we can um, also offer solutions that are universal. So. Uh, Many things can be done from the Caribbean and resonate with many parts of the world. So I think we should not be afraid to spread our wings and uh, and share with uh, with the rest of the world what we can do. Absolutely, do not be afraid. Spread your wings. <laughs> we do it with music, you know. Caribbean music is yes. known anywhere, so the rest can can be there too. So let's do that. That is so true. You know, that confidence we have in our culture, we need to transfer it in other aspects, in other sectors. Yes. And, um, you know, this year, despite the, the COVID and, uh, or maybe because of the COVID, I don't know which way, but we did a lot of things online. And uh, for us, it has been a very interesting journey because... Um, we have decided to participate in uh, international conferences for startups and things like that, that we probably wouldn't have been to in, uh, in usual times because we would have thought it's going to be costly to travel and we're going to be isolated and so on. And being able to do it online, we've really just went there and we've had... Uh, uh, many wonderful surprises. So uh, we participated recently in the Collision Tech Conference in North America, and uh, we were selected among 56 startups, among more than a thousand, um, to have uh, our pitch featured in this conference, you know? So... Yeah, we're from the Caribbean, but yes, we can talk to the world and be there with the others. We just have to to reach out and to do it. And really, it's something I want to do with other uh, fellow startup companies or companies from the Caribbean. Just go participate, you know, just register to all these events and say what you have to say because it matters and it can make a difference. Well said, Yasmin. Coming back to the technology, it, it has a lot of very cool components in terms of using direct solar, processing waste, but also one of the latest buzzwords I would say right now is green hydrogen. And I think it's important to make that distinction because when we're speaking about hydrogen, there's gray, brown, green, blue. But I think the one that we really want to target and achieve and has been drawing a lot of attention is green hydrogen. Yeah, you're right to to um, to point out the the different types because hydrogen is a very common element in the in the universe, and uh, it's today it's uh, a commodity that is uh, used in uh, in many uh, industries. But as you said, it's what we called grey hydrogen which means it's made from fossil fuels. So today to obtain um, hydrogen, mostly you will, uh, you will process uh, fossil sources and emit a lot of uh, uh, GHG, uh, greenhouse gases uh, to produce the hydrogen. So it's, uh, 
it contributes to pollution. Why there is a buzz right now on hydrogen? It's because it's packed with energy, and when you use it, you, you, when you burn it, uh, it only um, uh, liberates water. So this is the part of hydrogen used uh, for electricity production or to power uh, mobility, that is really promising. The idea that we we will only emit water, but this only works if the hydrogen itself that we use uh, is not made from fossil sources. So that's the matter of grey hydrogen, which is currently available, uh, currently rather cheap but doesn't solve uh, the issues of uh, climate change. So the next best thing after this gray hydrogen was to talk about blue hydrogen. So what is blue hydrogen? It's also fossil-based hydrogen, only you find a way to uh, capture the CO2 uh, that's emitted while you produce this, uh, this hydrogen. So it's a bit better than gray hydrogen, but still you have to find ways to capture the CO2 and you have to find things to do with it. And this is not really uh, stable or useful today. So yes, it's a way to transition from uh, gray hydrogen, but there had to be other ways to uh, produce a more virtuous hydrogen. And that's where we get to green hydrogen, which is hydrogen produced from uh, renewable uh, energy and, uh, and, uh, and other uh, feedstock sources. So today you have different ways to, to produce this um, green hydrogen. One of, the way to, one of the ways to produce green hydrogen is... Um, using a technology called electrolysis and powering this electrolysis of water with uh, renewable electricity such as photovoltaic or uh, wind energy. So this is uh, something that we can uh, hear a lot about today and it's certainly promising for the future only it requires lots and lots and lots of uh, green electricity in order to power the electrolyzers and, uh, and produce the green hydrogen. So this is certainly coming, but first there will need to, uh, to be uh, a big buildup of green electricity production because before we can have uh, large volumes of uh, green hydrogen from electrolysis. Another way to produce green hydrogen are technologies such as ours, which is uh, um, the transformation of waste into energies. Uh, and uh, green hydrogen is one of the outputs of uh, this transformation. We are very lucky... Uh, I won't say lucky, but innovative in the way we do it because to have this transformation of waste into green hydrogen requires a lot of energy also. But with our technology, we take this energy directly from the sun. 
So that's what makes us autonomous to produce green hydrogen from waste today. So this is a lesser known uh, type of technology among those 50% that need to be acknowledged and encouraged for the future, but it can be set up uh, really easily, including in low infrastructure areas, and it doesn't require so much land use as you would need if you need to build uh, big photovoltaic capacities before you can produce uh, green hydrogen from electrolysis. Yes, I think that is an important point to highlight. There's a lot of interest in green hydrogen locally here in Trinidad and Tobago for deployment in our petrochemical industry. But as you said, before we get to that stage, we need to develop our renewable energy production capacity. Yes, and that's a major a major subject uh, right now. Yeah. So I, I, I think the key is to have uh, diversity in the approaches so that we, we don't just put all, all our eggs in one basket. I don't think that green hydrogen would be the savior, but it can definitely maybe offer some support in terms of decarbonizing sectors that are hard to electrify. Yes, absolutely. This is one of the, the main uh, interests of uh, of green hydrogen and the other one is also to uh, bridge the gap uh, from intermittent uh, renewable energy sources because uh, today I think everyone in the world can see how cheap solar uh, energy has become but unfortunately uh, you can't have it all the time or when you want it sometimes you won't have it so you have to find a way in your energy mix to have uh, a stable energy sources. So it can be through batteries. Today, a lot of time, it's still, uh, it's still done from um, fossil energy sources. But tomorrow, green hydrogen can play this role to uh, uh, balance uh, the, ener- the energy, the green energy mix uh, and uh, and so complement uh, solar and wind energies. I'm, I'm always happy to see the development in renewable energy technologies being deployed in the region. I think it could be accelerated, particularly here in Trinidad and Tobago, but we have the unique challenge of being an oil and gas-based economy and a, a producer of fossil fuels. So, But do you know that... Uh... Today, half of the hydrogen in the world is used for uh, oil refining, actually. So maybe there are, you know, um, connections to be made between the oil and gas industry and the new technologies because everyone is going to have to evolve at some time. So I think they are already considering uh, evolving. Look at what's happening in the Middle East. They're investing a lot. In uh, green hydrogen, they have the biggest project in green hydrogen in the world. So I think all the actors are trying to think of what the energy needs and conception modes are going to be in the next 30, 50 years. So I guess even uh, yes, in smaller countries that uh, are producers, uh, there can be first steps um, to explore uh, alternative uh, energy sources. 
there's a local company that was formed looking at green hydrogen. I think the big challenge to be overcome is the production of renewable energy. And as you mentioned earlier, solar PV would require a lot of land space, which is limited in islands. So I think those are the Unless things. you use our solution. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think SMO, solar process would be very applicable for us. Yeah. And uh, we actually also last year had a prize at the international competitions that is called Tech for Islands. And the idea is to also recognize technologies that make islands more resilient and use local uh, sources to, to uh, solve uh, islands' subject or issues. And uh, I would really recommend any uh, Caribbean companies to participate in this uh, competition because uh, last year, uh, 37 countries participated, 186 projects were presented. So it's starting to really build up and to uh, open opportunities. And there is uh, the 2021 edition right now. So companies have up to July 7 to offer uh, propositions uh, to uh, make islands more resilient, more um, healthier, and more um, human somehow, take, or help them take care of their people. So it was really a wonderful adventure for us, and I would encourage Caribbean Island to participate in this competition. Yes, we need to get more Caribbean tech out there. Well, the Climate Conscious Podcast, we aim to bring awareness. We also aim to connect you to solutions. And definitely SMO Solar Process is a viable solution for clean energy in the Caribbean. Yasmin, at at one point, this was just an idea. But now you are heading towards full commercial units. I'm sure it would have been a long road with challenges and twists and turns. But what would you say to the Caribbean startup that is maybe in the early stages of their journey? What advice would you share with them? Well, um, I heard a, a, a conference this morning where the presenter was saying that when you're developing a project, when you believe in your idea, you need to have your North Star and follow your North Star. You know, if you really have conviction you have to stay there and, and fight for it. And it's what we've been doing since 2009, where there was the inception of the idea. And uh, we're really getting there now. Hopefully, we will have our first uh, operating plant by early uh, 2022. So it takes time. But if you really believe in what you're doing, uh, make it happen. That's what I, I would tell uh, fellow Caribbeans, believe in your project, um, ask for help, ask for support. Uh, if we can reach our objective, we want to be able to help others to um, share the keys to what we've been doing that worked for us. And if it can work for them, all the better, because the more we succeed as Caribbean, the more we will help Uh, other Caribbeans succeed and it will be a good thing for all of us. So really hang in there, ask for help 
and uh, show yourself uh, on the global stage because you have your place there like anybody else. And uh, yeah, let's go Caribbean. So I am not a tech startup, but I will be taking your advice to follow my North Star and to take up space. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so Yasmin, where can listeners connect with you or learn more about SMO Solar Process? Well, we have a website um, that is www.smosolarprocess.com. So you're welcome to visit it. We also have uh, uh, YouTube channels with a few videos that show you how the the technology works. And uh, you can contact us through the website, also through LinkedIn. And uh, we're really happy to share with uh, uh, whoever wants to to, to make this project happen or to talk about uh, opportunities uh, around uh, this technology. We're, we're really happy to, to discuss and to explore. So don't hesitate to reach out. I'm really proud of this technology and the work that you all are doing, you and your team. I mean, from 2009 to 2022, it's been a journey, but you all have stayed the course. And I look yeah. forward to widespread deployment of this technology in the Caribbean and beyond, and hopefully in Trinidad and Tobago, especially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's work on that. <laughs> yes. So, Yasmin, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Climate Conscious Podcast. Thank you very much, Daval. It was really a pleasure to discuss that with you today and share it with your listeners. So anytime. Thank you for listening to the Climate Conscious Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The Climate Conscious. And be sure to check out the Climate Conscious Lifestyle Kit.